to reap what I have sown. That is my testimony this evening. And you'll have to call us up, send us a, a text or whatever, you know, to give your own testimony. But certainly uh, I have been planting some seeds and this is my season. You know, there come a time where you have to take a stand when you know you've done what you should do and you're continuing to do that. You have a right to take a stand and you're going to have to add some prayer with it. You know, as a farmer who plants seeds, they pray for the rain to come. They pray for the sun to shine. They pray that the ground is good and that the Lord bless it. And that is our prayer this evening that the Lord will bless. Matter of fact, let's just go into a word of prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord God, and how you have kept us throughout this day, how you brought us back at this appointed time where we could share your word, uh, Lord God, uh, through the uh, technical advances that have that exist in this day and time. Lord God, we just thank and praise you, Lord, for those that are listening here in the U.S., those that are listening over in Germany and Ireland. Lord God, just thank you for those that are across the country and wherever they might be right now, whatever they're doing, Lord God, that they have given time, given an ear to hear your word, whether it's at this immediate moment or, or uh, in the future. Lord God, your word never goes stale. Lord God, and so we just thank you right now for your power and your mercy right now, Lord God. Lord Jesus, just pray and ask that you would have your way for We need to hear from you. Lord God, your word, Lord, you said man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of your mouth. Lord God, so feed us this evening. Lord God, we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. If there be any sick among us, ask that you would heal them. Lord God, those that are always sick, always have a headache, always something wrong with them, Lord God, you know that some things are spiritual, and we just pray to expose those things so that they can be healed permanently in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to uh, Sunday Morning Live on a Tuesday, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church. We're inside the pages. We're inside the Word of God. Uh, our Tuesday Bible study begins at 7 p.m. and Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. That is Pacific Standard Time. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. So if you're in the area, you know, uh, and you sacrifice your time unto the Lord and want to stop by. Certainly, we thank God for your presence and we know what's going on in our communities already, you know, and I I really believe like uh, Noah, you know, you send out the raven and you also send out a dove. You wait until that dove bring that peace, uh, that that evidence back that it's safe. You know, let's be wise in what we do. And, you know, God expect us to be wise in what we do as well. Um, there's a lot of foolishness and that goes on in the name of faith. And uh, God never called us to be fools, uh, but he called us to be wise. He called us to be cunning. He called us to be gentle. Uh, and that is to one another as well. We're going to go uh, into the word of God because we believe the Bible is the word of God. Uh, therefore, I'm faithful bold the church we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of god you must be obedient to the word of god uh, there is no excuses there's nothing that we can uh, you know can say to say hey you know there's a reason not no we all must be obedient to the word of god 
and, and that's it. You know, if, if when we find what that we're not measuring up, and it's time to, to repent, ask God to forgive us, and move forward. If you've missed any of the messages, please visit connectingtruth.org and click God on Demand and, and listen in. Uh, listen in and you know and see what you have missed i'm sure that there is a lot of information a lot of what god has to say about different things that will bless your soul um you know there's a post on our website that talks about the uh, illustrates something that's pressing in my soul that's that is on the mind of the lord it is on his mind. That's why it's in the scripture. And that is the coming, uh, the return of Christ Jesus, our Lord. As the Lord told the, uh, the, the disciples, uh, as they were standing there gazing as he ascended, the Bible said that there were two men that were standing there in white apparel that said, you man of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up? Why are you tripping like that? Uh, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise like he told you to. And that's what we should be doing. The church is Jerusalem. And we should be there waiting for the promise uh, at home. We should be waiting for the promise and driving down the street in our car. Uh, there is an anticipation about uh, what God has in store for us for it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he does appear, we're going to be like him. So again, visit connectingtruth.org and click God on demand to hear archive of messages. Again, I want to encourage you to set aside some time, at least one day a week for fasting and prayer. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 18 through 21st verse, uh, after he had rebuked the devil, uh, this, this person it was possessed. You know, they call it mental illness today, but uh, the truth is some people are just demon possessed. And so uh, Jesus rebuked the devil and the Bible said he departed out of him and the a uh, child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? How be it uh, this kind not uh, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And so after a brief conversation with his disciples, they understood that you need some extra. Uh, if you've forgotten, you need some extra today. And so uh, uh, many are relying upon a little bit, but you need some extra. So you need to uh, commit yourself to some fasting and prayer. As mentioned earlier, because of the press in my soul, I'll be teaching on Sunday mornings about the rapture or about being rapture ready uh, through the end of the year. Now, I am not talking about the tribulation period, but I'm talking about being rapture ready. If you're caught up in the rapture, you don't have to worry about the tribulation period. Uh, but if you're, and, and it doesn't make sense that you know so much about it and miss the rapture because you were not rapture ready. Uh, there is not going to be multiple raptures where uh, people are caught up after the initial rapture takes place or anything like that. The Bible doesn't teach that. Uh, it only taught, the Bible teaches us that Noah got in the ark and the door was closed, the angel uh, locked the door. And that was it. A second ship didn't come along and pick nobody up. You need to understand that and face that reality. And so we need to be rapture ready. And it begins with good fellowship. Good fellowship is required. Uh, if you don't have good fellowship like Enoch, uh, Enoch name meant committed or dedicated. 
you're not rapture ready. All of us, all of us, none of us are excluded from the word of God. We must all have good fellowship. Good fellowship is required. And Enoch had good fellowship. But you must be ready in a moment. You must be ready in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye. The Bible said Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him just that quick. He was walking. Next thing you know, he walked out of time into eternity. And that's what the rapture is. It is from time into eternity. And the Bible said it's going to happen in the moment and in the twinkling of an eye. You won't have time to put your shoes on, pull your pants up, uh, grab a bite to eat, all those different things that we do when we're running out the door. Uh, there's no time for that. You must be ready in the moment and in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, you, uh, I, I don't want to go too far into that because, as I said, I'll be teaching on that on Sunday mornings uh, from through the Old Testament and as far as the Lord God leads us. But I believe that the word of God, uh, as if you're if you've been in church, if you've lived any length of time, you know what I'm saying and you know that it re what it requires. But we need to be reminded. That's why the Bible said it is through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so we're going to go on into the eighth chapter of the book of Acts because I'm teaching on Sunday mornings about being rapture ready. I've altered teaching where I'm teaching uh, on through the book of Acts and next week I'll be teaching from the book of Ezekiel so I'll be alternating between the two uh, just to stay consistent and keep place because we need solid word we need the word of God and it must uh, be solid you know some of us can eat meat some needs milk you know uh, as babies, we eat baby food, but as we get older, we need some meat and potatoes or, you know, um, something that is uh, better, uh, some more substance. And so I pray that the Lord send his word because his word is vital to all of our existence. Uh, the eighth chapter, beginning at the first verse, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad through the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he took havoc or he made havoc uh, of the church, entering into every house. Nothing was holding him back. He was going into every house and hauling men and women uh, into prison. Those, uh, he was arresting folks and uh, his band of uh, army of soldiers that was with him uh, declared, sort of declared martial law and was throwing people in prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Everybody that was running, listen, they were running for their lives. They went everywhere, and as they went, they preached the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Uh, for unclean spirits 
unclean spirits, unclean spirits, crying out, crying with loud voices came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsy and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Now I titled this, um, I'm really not into putting a title on everything, but I titled this Unexpected Joy because they were running for their lives. Listen, when you look at the history of what was going on, you look back at the circumstances of what was happening, uh, you recall Deacon Stephen's situation. In Acts, the sixth chapter, talks about how the word of God had increased and the number of disciples multiplied greatly and a great company of the priests, a great company of those that said they believed in God, those that said they were trusting in him, those that, uh, that, that took an office of leadership. The Bible said they were obedient to the faith. They were obedient. They did not ignore the word of God. So many people that are in position, whether it's secular, even in the church, uh, you know, are ignoring what the word of God is saying. But the Bible lets us know that they were priests that repented of their sins, that got it right with the Lord, as we all must do. And Stephen, the Bible said, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then arose certain of the synagogue, which were called the synagogue of the Libertines, the Cyrenes, and Alexandrians, and of them, of Sisa, and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. They began to fight against him verbally and to, to try to uh, dispute, argue with him of what he was saying. Now, I don't believe Stephen got into a shouting contest with them, and that's something that all of us should avoid, and that is a fighting contest with anybody about the word of God. You know, uh, uh, someone may have an understanding because that's what was taught to them. That's what they were exposed to. But uh, we have to, those that have the truth, you get show them the better way. And, you know, and so uh, it's God that plants the seed. It's God that sends the water. It's God that brings about the increase. And the Bible said they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. And so because of that, they they suborned men, they hired men, which said, we heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. We heard him say some things that that is very offensive. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and they came against them and they caught him and they brought him to the council. And what they did, they set up false witnesses which said this man ceased not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we heard him say, now remember they're lying. We heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. They were very proud of what Moses had told them and the customs that they had adopted. However, they were not following the spirit of the law. They barely were following the letter of the law. They would present themselves as being in the marketplace, as being somebody. I'm somebody. I'm, I'm Bishop Alf. I'm, I'm a missionary too. I'm this. I'm that. You know, they these titles, these names, these different things that they hid behind 
to make themselves feel like somebody and to condemn others. You know, when you find yourself feeling that you're high and mighty and that you're better than someone else, you're suffering from a terrible disease called comparisonitis. You're suffering from that, like that Pharisee that, that stood in, in prayer, or at least he thought he was praying, and there was another man that was standing next to him, and he said, Lord, I'm not like that man. You know, and he just, just compared himself to someone else. Uh, the Bible said we should measure up to the statue of the man Christ Jesus. Don't try to measure yourself next to that sister next to you. Don't try to make yourself feel good because of someone else's shortcomings. Don't do that. It's wrong. God does not appreciate that. You need to measure yourself according to the word of God. They bear, they did not follow the spirit of the law. They barely, well, they barely, they, uh, they knew the letter of the law, but they were not adhering to it. You know, it's sort of like uh, today, you know, we'll stand around and we'll talk about I'm, I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Presbyterian, I'm Apostolic, I'm Catholic, you know, I'm non-denominational, so I don't claim to be anything. You know, you rip the corners off a $50 bill and see how much it's worth. Tell them it's non-denomination. All right, listen, the question is, are you being led by the spirit of the Lord? Are you obeying the spirit of the law, whether non-denomination, whether Catholic, Apostolic, Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, whatever you call, are you obeying the spirit of the law? Do you know God's true attention behind what was said? Are we operating in the spirit as God intended or by the letter of the law? Now, you must understand something here. It's important. This is important for you to get. For the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 6, and I'm, I'm going to read through a few scriptures here. But it says in the 6th verse, it said, Who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Why? Because the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death written and engraving in stones was glorious. Now, listen to this. They took glory in the law in which Moses uh, passed on the Torah. They was really proud about that. And the Bible says that those graven that what was graven in stone was glorious. But their mind was blinded. The 14th verse says their mind was blinded for unto this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is what's done away. In Christ, that's why the ministers, as we read earlier, there were some priests that became obedient to the faith because their eyes were open and they understood that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He was the promise. He came to fulfill the word. And, and so they fell in line with that. But there were those that did not. And that veil has not been done away with. He goes on to say, but until this day. When Moses is read, the veil is up on their heart. So when they read the scripture, when they read that the very thing that they bragging about, uh, they cannot see it because their, their heart is covered with a veil. They're blind. Nonetheless, when it, what it, the heart shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. The only way an individual has light is when they turn to the Lord. If they do not, if you do not turn to the Lord, you yet walk in darkness. Now, the Lord is that spirit. The Bible says the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The deacons 
or the deacon in this instance, Deacon Stephen, operated in wisdom. He moved with the, in the spirit of excellence. So they lied on him because they couldn't do anything else. Does it sound familiar? They couldn't do anything with Daniel. And so in order to come against him, they said, listen, uh, let's let's make a law that he cannot pray at a certain hour or a certain time unless he's praying unto the king. See, they tried to entrap him that way. But his heart was toward the Lord. And so he went to his place, the window that he and there's a reason that that Daniel prayed at the window. And I'm not going to spend. Well, let's let's just go there for a second. Is because there was a prayer that had been prayed that if the people are taken captive, if they would just turn and face in the direction of the temple and pray and make supplication for their sins, Lord, he'll hear them, hear them. There's something about the temple. It's something about the church. It's something about the place that has been hollowed out for God's name, that if you just turn in that direction, in, in other words, you're calling to remembrance the place where the presence of God abides. And so uh, they could not help. They could not do anything against the spirit of excellence. So they lied on him. They lied on him and they arrested him. And then they killed him as a result of their blindness. The Bible says Saul was present at his death and he was encouraging and consenting to the execution. Not only did he consent to Deacon Stephen's uh, death, but took part in the persecution of all those that said Jesus uh, lives. Jesus is alive. God's not dead. He's yet alive. He's not dead. He's yet alive. Jesus is alive. He lives inside of us. He's inside of me. And he's inside of all of those that are Holy Ghost filled. He's inside all of those that are living and being led of his word. He's inside all of those that are born again, that have yielded themselves unto him. You know, I was listening to a song and it was talking about, Lord, take the sin away from me. That's not God's responsibility. He already did what he was going to do. He died on the cross for us. That was for the remission of sin. It's our responsibility to repent. It's our responsibility to have to have the remission of our sins remitted in Jesus name, according to the scripture. And that's why they went on preaching in his name, baptizing in his name uh, for the remission of sin. And so the Bible tells us in Galatians 3 and 27, for as many of you as have been baptized in Christ have put him on. And so we he lives in us and we live in him. We've put him on. However, those of us that have been blessed, those that have been blessed to, uh, that to receive the Holy Ghost only have a measure of what is to come. Just understand this. Uh, our experiences here, the greatness and, and what we experience, whether it is persecution or, or what we experience is a blessing or, you know, whatever it is only a measure. It's only a measure. It's only a measure. We're only dealing with measures of things to come. Uh, I believe it was Paul that said we haven't suffered. Uh, many of us have not suffered uh, in the flesh or suffered unto blood, even unto death as they have somebody paved the way. Somebody died for us. And get this, get this, get this. Someone that suffered for us to be free, someone that suffered for us to have the liberties that we have today, God does not look at that and take it lightly like we do. We look at things and we take it lightly and therefore we just play around with it. We don't take it to heart, the things that someone suffered to get us where we are today, to get us the freedom and the liberties 
and the, the things that we have that we just take those things for granted instead of being grateful that someone went through because they were looking at if I deal with this, the heartache, the pain, the suffering, even death, someone that's going to come after me that that looks like me that has the same complexion as me, that speaks the same language as me, uh, that is going to have it a little better. First Corinthians 13, 9 and 10 says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Now, Paul drops a pearl here for all of us in chapter 13, uh, and so you don't want to miss that. You don't want to you don't want to miss it. You see without you're not going to be rapture ready. If you don't have what Paul ends the 13th chapter with, you will never, ever be ready to stand in the presence of God. Now, I'm leaving that for you to go to the 13th chapter of Corinthians and read it for yourself. Listen, those that opposed Deacon Stephen were faith. Uh, were faced with change. They were faced with changing the way they think. They were faced with changing the practices and the non-practice of the things that had been tainted. A tainted belief system was being challenged with truth. Anytime you present truth, anytime you present better, it's going to challenge somebody and they're not going to like it. Matthew 5, 17 18 says, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall not in any wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. The religious leaders or the religious sect of that day, according to Acts, uh, they had spoke uh, as they spoke unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Who did they come upon? Peter came upon John, came upon them. Why? Because the power of God was being displayed and they were grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and the scribes and Ananias, the high priests and uh, Caiaphas and John and Alexander, as many as there were kindreds family members of the high priests were gathered together at Jerusalem. They came against them. Uh, Acts 6, 9 said, Then arose certain men of the synagogue, which was called of the synagogue of the Libertines, the Syrians and the Alexandrian, and of them Cilicia and Asia, disputing. They were disputing and fight against the power of God, the gospel word that was being presented. You know, when the power of God, when it shows up, it, you know, we like that phrase, God showed up and he showed out. Let me tell you, when God shows up and he shows out, it brings about change. It brings about change. It's not enough for the power of God to show up and hoop, holler, jump, run around the church, all of that kind of stuff. And there is no change. There must be change. The Bible says that in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. His train filled the temple and, and, and you know, and then he began to look at, at the, how the, the, the angel, angelic beings and the heavenly hosts and everybody that was there was praising the Lord. It was a party going on. It was a celebration 
of, of a magnitude that's indescribable. Uh, the Bible, he said the doorpost was, was swaying to the groove. And so, uh, uh, and he said, man, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I've been around people that are unclean and his conviction, the power of God uh, and what he was beholding brought about a conviction. When God shows up and shows out, it causes us to want to clean up. It causes us to want to be right with God. Bless your name, Jesus. It causes us to want to do what's right. It brings about a change of heart. It is a fearful thing that we stand in the presence of God. And it's even more fearful if we stand in his presence and don't make a change. There are also, listen, when the power of God shows up and it shows out, it challenges. God expects change, deliverance, mental, physical, spiritual, all three. All three, yes. Change can come about in all three areas if we allow it. Let me give this quick testimony. My mother had many strokes. She had so many strokes. She retired early from, from the post office and, uh, you know, and went through some state of depression. And, you know, as 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 people do, uh huh, uh, people get depressed, people become oppressed. You know, different mental things that go on in our lives that sometimes we don't like to to face up and talk about. But let's be transparent. It happens. Fear happened. Different things happen. Hurts happen. And so she was depressed. And uh, and as the Lord delivered her from that area of depression, and you know, and it, it, it impacted her, her physical. And so one day she was at church and and she went up for prayer. And. The pastor said, what do you want God to do for you? It's important to ask people, what, what do you want? What do you, what do you, and she said, I don't want to walk any longer with this device, with this cane. I don't want, and she began to walk around the church. And from that moment forth, she never used the walking stick. She never used the cane anymore. Matter of fact, <laughs> On her demise, when I was there at the house getting things together, she had all this new uh, high heel shoes. Not nothing, you know, that was uh, too much for her, but she had high heel shoes, very stylish. And uh, she even had a, had a brand new treadmill. And, you know, because of her faith in God and because what God had did for her, that's what she was doing for herself with the spirit of gratitude, one day the glory of God appearing on her. And that was the last time that I, it was time for her to go. And her testimony was that I'm going shopping with Jesus. And she was gone. But listen, listen, the Lord healed her, not only mentally, physically, but spiritually. There are situations where that will not change because it is a divine order for it not to change. We need to understand that. There are some things that are not going to change because it is God's order. Saul was one of those that yielded himself to change and he had to yield himself to God's sovereign order. Saul yielded himself to change mm -hmm, and he also yielded himself to God's sovereign order. Lord, uh, I this, this thing that is in my flesh is bothering me and I need you. I need to be delivered from it. Eventually, the Lord uh, told him, said, my grace is sufficient for you. Listen, the Bible lets us know that these men, they had ran 
Deacon Stephen had been killed. Saul was consenting at his death. Others and persecution broke out. The disciples, those deacons, Deacon Philip, was they were running for their lives. They were running for their lives. Persecution had broke out. He was going into the homes and grabbing men and women. It didn't matter who you were and putting you in prison. They were running. They were hiding. They were getting out of Dodge because they wanted to live. They didn't want to wind up in jail. How about you? Are you willing to yield yourself to the Lord even in a time of persecution? We can't stop yielding ourselves because we're going through something. That's the time that we should not stop. That's the time to grab hope with, you know, like uh, uh, Sylvester the cat trying to throw Sylvester out the house. He grabbed hold to the doorpost and, and hold on to it with all his nails. You got to grab hold and hold on with all your might. I believe you are. And I pray in confidence with you in the midst of persecution there. Uh, there were believers that moved with compassion and devout men uh, that carried Deacon Stephen to his burial and they made great lamentation over him. They were sincere and they walked with Christ. Many had they had sold out. They had sold out. Are you are you ready to take a stand? Are you ready to sell out? There comes a day that you must make a decision. You must make a stand. You can't take a stand today and then say, no, nah, uh, not, not tomorrow. I think I'm going I'm to I'm be a little loose goosey today. No, you need to make a stand and stand strong. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is what they were doing, and they died for that. But before, listen, many had sold out. Others were a, a work in progress as becoming saints. Sainthood, sanctification. Sanctification means that you've been set apart, set aside for the cause of Christ. Saints and Christians. Listen, saints and Christians don't carry the same thing or the same meaning uh, as everyone might believe. And, and I don't want to spend. But the Bible tells us that he's coming back with 10,000 of his uh -huh, of his saints. You know, we're not at Antioch being teased about being Christ-like, and many say I'm Christians because all they, what they're really saying is I believe in God, but they're not saying I'm practicing. There's a difference in practicing uh, Christianity. There's a difference in, you say I'm a saint, and some people don't like using that word because it means that you're pure. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't indicate that at all. This is what God calls his people. He calls his people saints. And so, uh, uh, listen, it was the committed, those that were dedicated, who, who were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word of God. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Philip knew persecution had broken out. However, he still preached Christ. And he didn't preach a Burger King message. Uh, he didn't give them something that was microwave. He didn't toss them a Lunchable but a message of substance, something that would usher in deliverance. And the Bible says the people with one accord gave heed unto all the things which Philip spake. They gave heed unto. Now, listen, when Philip preached, when <laughs> Philip was preaching the word, and the Bible said he preached Christ from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Uh-huh. 
He was preaching the word. He was preaching Jesus Christ. They were preaching Christ via the Old Testament and hearing and seeing the miracles in which he did. And God is a miracle worker today. Even today, his word produces his word, his divine word, the word that he sends, not the word that man used to tickle your ear. I'm still waiting for those seven days to go by so I can get that. In the Listen, no, the word of God brings about deliverance and it brings about a complete deliverance when we allow it to. There was a woman that went to a meeting. We were in church. I'm coming to an end and you know, but we, we, this woman went to some prayer meeting. I don't, you got to be careful where you go and definitely be careful who you hang out with. This woman went to some meeting and she found that after she had left, she was at home and she just began to have these episodes where she was, uh, uh, began to yell out and she didn't know why, why she was yelling out like that, why she was barking out a sound. And, um, she met one of the saints and they, they witnessed to her and they brought her to church. And uh, I witnessed as a young, young man, the, men, the pastor praying for this woman and delivering as she was delivered, instructed her, don't go back. Don't follow the footsteps that you follow. Don't hang around those people. It's important that when we're delivered, we must stay away from the, the, the avenue. We must stay away from those that we were hanging around to allow that unclean spirit or that whatever it was to become that we became uh, possessed by. The Bible says, for unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of many that were possessed with them and many uh, taken with palsy and the lame were healed and there was great joy. There was unexpected joy. I don't think, I don't think, uh, Deacon Philip went to the city and knowing that he was going to be preaching the word, it was just something that was in him. I don't think that he knew he was going to encounter the unclean spirits or anything like that. He was running for his lives as so many others that was with him. Uh, they were running for their lives, but yet they were mindful to yield themselves unto the Lord. And it brought about unexpected joy. It brought about something that added uh, something in his own life. When God, when we allow God to use us, when we allow God to minister through us, when we allow God to, to deliver us and we share that deliverance, that testimony that causes others to be delivered, it brings about unexpected joy, unexpected joy, unexpected joy. And those that were in the city were joyful. Their souls were made happy, not the, not the cement, not the martyr and the clay, but it was the souls of men in that community, the souls of women and children receiving their loved ones that was all messed up, that was all screwed up, that was addicted to whatever uh, substance, uh, whatever abuse, whatever had them, they were delivered and it brought about great joy in that city. Amen. I pray that and hope that something was said that that brings about great joy in your city. Amen. Something that strengthens you and causes you to to be all that God is causing you to be in this day and time. 
Amen. We'll be back again Sunday morning at, at 8 a.m. And until then, God bless you. My prayer is that you uh, be steadfast, immovable, and abiding in the work of the Lord. Again, uh, you want to be rapture ready. I want to be ready. I know you want to be ready as well. And we all must be ready in the moment and in the twinkling of an eye. Bless your Lord God.